When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 296 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live, brought to you by ASICS. 296 down, Willie, and uh, we've got new digs. We're in a new spot here. You're in a somewhat new spot, although it's your home. Um, no, it's... So we are here, ready for another show. We got two final X's down. Willie, I'm feeling a little rusty. We haven't done this show in like almost two weeks now. Maybe it's two weeks, weeks to the day. It won't take it won't take us long to get back in the grind though. No, we'll be back in the groove. It's just us two today. So we got um, Bracky back in West Virginia preparing for his nuptials. Nuptials. You'll be there, right, Willie? <laughs> With bells on. Do you have have you got fitted for I would a never yet? miss a chance to go to West Virginia. Have you, are you fitted for your tuxedo at this point? Kinda, kinda. You're kind I of get, fitted. There's only what? It's really there's no wiggle room. You're either, I gave, I gave them my measurements from when I was a senior in high school. No, I'm just kidding. I, uh, no, I'm fitted. You're fitted. Okay, so you're they good have, to go. There. So we'll be reunited there. And we'll see, shoot. I'll see you this week in Allentown, buddy, because we got one more final X, and I guess that's a good place to start. Um, we haven't had an FRL since. The final X in Lincoln. So I think we should go back even to that point before we, yeah, yeah. Before we move forward. So I guess thoughts on Lincoln, really the, the match that we were talking about the entire time was um, Fix, Gilman, and it went down. And, um, you know, Thomas, I, I, you know, we did a lot of polls. We t- talked to a lot of people. A lot of people were super confident that Dayton could get it done there. And just couldn't quite generate his offense enough to take down Gilman, and that ultimately was a difference. What, what were your thoughts on the match? Well, I thought he could have got it done, um, and yeah. I think it played out um, a lot like we, we, one of the scenarios that we saw it going. Um, Dayton, a lot of offense, or a lot of a movement, a lot of action, a lot of fakes, um, but he couldn't penetrate that that defense of Gilman. And I thought that one thing that was glaringly obvious was Thomas's strength came into play. Dude, I I was, you know, Dayton's powerful and really strong and really talented. And it was especially apparent in that second match when Fix was just, he basically sprinted the entire second period attacking, attacking, attacking. He got in two, maybe three times where his hands were locked. And Gilman just flexed his, you know, just a basic sprawl and popped his grip so easily. It was really, really impressive to me because, I mean, Dayton's world class, right? And we know he can finish on really good guys. And for Gilman just to do that, that simply was, I, I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with that. And we knew Thomas was good defensively, but that was, that was especially impressive. Well, you know, in Dayton's other matches leading up to it, he showed really good, really good offense, really good escapability on defense, you know, getting out of some takedowns, 
whether it be like limp legging out or oh doing crazy, crazy defense type things. And Gilman, Gilman is very, um, you know, he doesn't take a high volume of shots. So I had to think that Dayton would finish one or two, but he really didn't. Um, and when, when Gilman would get in that underhook, he did it the first time, like very early. And I'm like, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be like, you could see whenever they got in the zone, whenever they got near the zone, yeah, Gilman kind of owned it. Yeah. No, I agree. There was still definitely, uh, I mean, I mean, Gilman's biggest strength is his strength. Right. And I thought it was apparent in that match. But a great two-match series, would have loved to see it go a third just for the height and drama. But I thought it was a good game plan from Gilman. Uh, he, he didn't attack a ton, right? He was very calculated right. with the shot. The one leg attack takedown he did have, there was really no opportunity to scramble there, right? He had both ankles before Dayton could really fight. And Dayton even still, Dayton continued to wrestle. And this is this was funny. This is something that Gable mentioned when we went to his house, not to do the ultimate name drop there, but he was like, I didn't like that Gilman got that too, and then he just kind of stopped wrestling, and Fix kept wrestling through that position, and he ended up getting two out of the exchange from it. So I, I thought that was interesting. And, well, and also, real quick, in the second match too, uh, Gilman got in on like a, a high crotch and he was, ended up with his belly completely flat. And this was like a key exchange that ended up in zero points. But Dayton was diving over and finding the ankles and almost had like a lace from like a reverse position and just couldn't turn him. But uh, it was very obvious that Dayton was like, once he's on my legs, it's attack mode. And that's a new, I mean, we saw it with, with Tony and we've seen it a, a little bit in, throughout Dayton's career. But He's jumped levels defensively in terms of when guys are on his legs, and I think it's going to be a, a huge weapon for him moving forward as he tries to make world and Olympic teams down the line. Yeah, Dayton's, Dayton's you know, young. he's still a junior, and he's, he makes improvements and he makes adjustments. I think we'll see, I think we'll see him improve on that and, and, and figure it out. Um, and he sort of did figure it out to a degree in that, he, he knew he wasn't getting through those, right? He knew, like, he's going to have to make something out. He started actually taking shots from way too far out yeah. because, because he couldn't get in. Um, but, you know, like you're saying about Gable saying he's not – Gilman wasn't su supremely offensive. I don't know, man. There's – in America, at least – we like a lot of offense, a lot of offense. Sometimes that's not the recipe to winning. Look, you know, Dayton was supremely active. Zahid was incredibly active. The, the similarities between Zahid and Dake's match and Fix and Gilman, um, I think there was a lot. The more active guy didn't win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's true. And, you know, Thomas was talking about his matches with, with the Japanese wrestler, uh, basically saying, like, I was too, like, I pressed too much, and I played right into his game plan. So it's also um, a credit to Gilman and his evolution as a senior-level wrestler. Like, there's, there's got to be, at this level, there's nuance, and there's, uh, you can't just be pedaled to the metal like it's, you know, Lezak, right? It's, these guys just have different skill sets altogether. So I thought 
you know, you can't do anything but feel good about having a returning silver medalist back on the team again. Um, you know, he had an injury back in January that definitely sidetracked him for a bit, but he's back on, on the mend. And you, you've seen the improvement from World Cup to Pan Ams to, to now. He's on his way back and, and getting healthier. And now he's got till freaking October because Worlds yeah. are um, all the way back there. So he's got plenty of time Why to get... You know what? That's, that's a thing I've been thinking of recently, too, is, is UWW, man, I like a lot of stuff they're doing. I like, like, 95% of the changes they're making. But another change they need to make, in my opinion, is they need to have some sort of, some semblance of regularity with their schedule. You can't, I mean, <laughs> I, you can't have, you can't have cadet worlds in late September in 2017 and then early January 2018. I mean, I don't even. It's just it needs some regularity with that. It's all over the place. Yeah, but, it's all it's all over the place. It, it seems like worlds should be like in the same basic weekend year in year out. That would be that would be pretty cool. Okay, so that was that was Gilman Fix. Great match. Burroughs defended his home turf. He took out Imar in two straight. The first match super competitive. I mean, really um, seemed like. Imar could stand in there and, and hang with the physicality, but come match two, uh, you could see uh, Imar was wrestling so dang hard that first match that yeah. he, he was tired after that first match. Not like a gassing tire, but just like he, he used it all, right? Right. And I just don't think he had anything left for the second match. Yeah, we usually, we usually credit the NCAA guys, and we usually use this as, a, as an example of, why NCAA wrestling might not be such a bad thing is they're in shape. They're super in shape. It's it's pretty incredible that um, a Jordan Burroughs, who's you know a veteran, here's is, here's is, the thing. Burroughs has an all time. It's not talked about enough because he's so good at so many other things. He's got one of the ba- best gas tanks I've ever seen in my life. Ever. Yeah, he really I does. mean it's like it, it is up there with how much activity he puts into a match and how many points he can score and how good he is late in matches so consistently. Um, it, at some point when this all slows down and Final X is in the books, uh, I think I want no matter someone to, to just go through and look at his like second period point differential and yeah. how insane it is. I mean, it's out of control how good this guy is late in matches. And we, we've seen it since 2011. The guy can wrestle supremely hard for six minutes. I mean, find a match where he's fatigued, right? Uh, apart from, you know, when he um, busted his knee up. I mean, the, the guy is just, you know, close. And, of course, Rio wasn't, wasn't his best showing, but it wasn't a gas tank issue. I mean, the, the guy can wrestle hard for six minutes. He can do it multiple times. We've seen it against Dake. We saw it against Taylor. Taylor has an all-time good gas tank, can, can compete for six minutes, and, he beat him there at the Open a few years back. So I think it's something that Burroughs doesn't get enough credit for. Um, and I thought it was apparent against Imar. And this was not a uh, – and what was interesting, this is not a, oh, he's been sitting out all day and Imar went through a challenge tournament. It was an even playing field. They all mm-hmm. made way at the same time, and then they wrestled at the same time. And even still, um, it didn't matter. Right. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I thought Imar – I thought Amar was in there banging. Um, I'm excited to see what he has in the future because, you know, he's just getting started. Um, 
for sure. He's he's good. He's gonna be good. And then you know Snyder. Not much to say about Kyle Snyder. He's the best guy doing it right now. Um, you know maybe you could say it's Burroughs is back towards that pound for pound <laughs> helm. But having won three straight, it's tough to go against Snyder. But he takes out Gadsden and. I think the combined score was 19 to two in two matches. It's just mm-hmm. there's no one touching this guy. So also at Final X, uh, Lincoln, Jakarta Winchester beat Leathers. The, other than that, the girls went as expected. James James Green and oh <laughs> James Green and Jason Chamberlain. We're all excited for three months for Final X, and then Green and Chamberlain came out first match, and they didn't do much. Right? Oh and my. James, it was James, brutal. James even um, – He admitted it. He texted – he's like, sorry yeah, about that. We we're training partners. Yeah, he tweeted it. Sorry about that. That's kind of what happens. But uh, that was pretty funny. Yeah, funny but terrible. Uh, I never went back and watched it. Uh, <laughs> why would you? Oh, well, right, because I'll tell you why. Because I was sitting there um, watching it live, and at one point it dawned on me, what are Bader and Piles saying? on the live stream because there's nothing really to say. Yeah. I I would love to know. I don't know. I haven't gone back and watched and critiqued that match for myself, but, yeah. I don't know. I feel like we found a way. We're, we are so jacked up. And that was the cool thing about, not to jump around, but Final X Penn State is McKenna, Steber came out, and, you know, part of this is just like the Logan Steber effect. But, you know, they were teammates. They're teammates too. But there wasn't any sort of, like, oh, there's a, this all this familiarity, and we're just we just know how to stop each other. wasn't anything like that. You know, the first match was eight eight, and the second match was really exciting as well. So that was an awesome part of Penn State because he had all this energy, and boom, the first match absolutely delivered. And um, while we're there, we I guess we can talk about it. Logan takes out McKenna two straight, and I really, you know, I I thought McKenna was was going to win this because of how Logan had been looking in. Uh, day ones of, of tournaments. You know, he almost lost to Henderson and be close to the weigh-in. And I don't know if it's the weigh-in that was the reason for that, but just for whatever reason, Logan, soon after that scratch weigh-in, has, had not been as good, but he looked really good against Joey McKenna. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was an awful lot of people, including myself, picking McKenna. I think that, um, you know, part of it is is Stever's I mean, sometimes he looks great and beats Hazi Aliyev, and sometimes he doesn't look look so hot. Uh, but I thought um, we'd see more. I picked McKenna because of savviness. He just he knows how to win those close um, freestyle matches. But uh, Logan was savvy in his own right. Too. Well, really, it was, and it ended up being kind of the opposite. McKenna had the lead late. He was mm-hmm. up and gave up the um, the late score to, to Logan to lose the match. So it was really right. – and I was kind of – I just thought, man, I think McKenna can slow down Logan and, and, you know, keep it manageable. But Logan immediately – he was attacking front headlock and he puts his hands by it. And it's those fours, him not turning down. The the first one, I, I, I would like to go back and watch it again to just figure where McKenna thought he was going – when he was defending that that single leg from Logan, because he Logan got went from the like hands behind, dropped to the single, and did his like textbook head wheel finish, and it looked like Joey was like maybe trying to dive roll, but he ended up 
putting Logan in a great position to get the four, and he did. And, man, anytime you get a four, and that was ultimately the difference. It was an 8-8 criteria victory. Um, yeah. It's really tough to overcome something like that. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with um... – I mean, even in, in a losing effort, I was impressed with Joey's leg attacks. They, some of them were lightning quick. I mean, um, not that he didn't have a leg attack before, but uh, I don't know. I, I think I think Joey's has a bright future as well. Yeah, no, no question about it. And now, what what will be interesting is you know the future of all these weights. I can't wait. The twenty nineteen. I think it's going to really be setting the stage for 2020. We're going to see a lot of shifting. I think, you know, everyone's asking about, hey, where the Penn State guys been? What Zane's going to make his way back down. I think the reason we didn't see him this year was he was big, didn't think he could get his body to 43 and a half the the right way, and just didn't want to mess around with it, and didn't want to make a team at 70 and then get big and not be able well, to come down for 2019. Yeah, and and I understand people asking where Zane has been or where the Penn State guys have been, um, and even you know I crack jokes about you know where Spencer has been, Spencer Lee. Um, but listen, it, it makes a lot of sense if you are going to if you are going to rest. This is if you're going to take a year to rest. This is the time to do it, and especially those NCAA guys. Um, who haven't had the time to adapt their body, who haven't had the time to take uh, active rest or to, to take a break, when are you going to take – when are you going to do that? Are you going to say – if you're Spencer Lee, are you going to go off of surgery into an NCA season, into freestyle season, and basically not take a break till after 2020? This is the time to do it. And for Zane, he has to – he has to come off of – the college season, either move up to 70 or shrink his body appropriately down to 65 and not take a break since whenever's the last time he took a break. No, you take it now because 2019 is so important to make the team, to sit in the finals, to, you know, to make your body smaller um, and to take a rest. Yeah. It makes makes a lot of sense. And and my understanding for Penn State is like, that's their, that's their plan. They're, Taking the summer, getting healthy, resting up, and then from basically the start of next college season on, they're sprinting through 2020. They're doing every, you know, they're going to be, you know, you're going to see Mark Hall and Chinzo and Bo Nickel and of course Zane um, mix it up. So it's calculated. It stinks kind of for this year to have that much talent just not compete, but Penn State thinking long term, and you can't really blame them for doing that. So yeah, we're, and it's similar. I, I think it's similar for for Spencer too. You know, it's just like you said, when are you gonna rest if not now? And uh, yeah, it's Gilman's time at, at 57, anyways, at least for the time being. Although with Dayton and Spencer waiting in the wings, you wonder, you know, is how much, how long can can Gilman be at the helm? Well, you know, you say it sort. It stinks that there's all this talent not. Um, Wrestling, and that's true, right? We want to see all these guys. Um, at the same time, ultimately, it looks like we're having the the core of guys that won the world team title last year. So USA wrestling is going to be okay. Oh, we're gonna be, we're gonna have a 
we're going to have a really good team for sure. I think, you know, basically everything that we've said for years would happen or, you know, would be great if it happened is happening. It's like, man, it stinks to have guys like Taylor and Dake on the, on the bench. Um, and now they're, now they're both on teams. And um, I guess let's, let's go right to that. Dake, Dake Valencia, they wrestled two matches. There was a lot of um, excitement about this match. And Dake, you know, he just did some alien-esque things to, to get the win. I mean, that first, that first chest strap exchange where he's sitting on his butt and he just squeezes and gets his legs out. It's like, man, I think Zahid probably... And, and Zahid re recovered and reacted well and he continued to attack and there weren't that many opportunities for um, Dake to score. And really, it's a credit to, to Zahid's defense to me that... Kyle didn't really get off many attacks, and sometimes we see Kyle implement a game plan like that. And really, he got to that, he got, I guess, I'm trying to think how he got that first two, Willie. You could help me. He ended up rear standing and kind of Matt returned him for two. But I don't know if it was like off a, a re-attack or just a go behind. But really, there wasn't like a straight leg attack takedown, I don't think, for Dake in the, in the two-match series. No, that that was his. If I recall correctly, that was his. That was a shot. That was the only one um, that he got off his own shot. Uh, <laughs> that that thing that Dake did with the chest wrap. I mean, he's on his butt, legs forward. I mean, has anybody ever done that before? Has it was that? I don't want to be like sensational, but that might have been the first time in wrestling that that has happened. <laughs> I don't and, think I don't think it is, but it was definitely. Like, oh my gosh, how is he getting his legs out here? Now, if he had, like the thing is, if he had taken that chest wrap and just taken him over with it, that would have been less surprising than him getting his legs out. Right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, and he's so dangerous there. I mean, getting in is half the battle. And that was the story of this whole match, of this whole series. Yeah. Getting, getting in on Kyle Dake is half the battle. And I'll tell you, it was. I'm, I'm watching it, and then it dawned on me, like, this is eerily similar to Taylor Dake. Like, Taylor takes a high volume of shots, most of them low shots, and that's only half the battle versus Dake. And he's so dangerous with chest wrap. In fact, um, we have a piece coming out on Dake. I don't know when it's coming out. Uh, but I was up on a shoot in Ithaca a couple weeks ago, and I asked him, I said... You are so dangerous with your counters and your chest wrap. How tough is it not to just, like, rely on that? You mm -hmm. know you're good there, right? Yeah. How, how tough is it to just hang out and wait for them to do that and you score in that way? And, you know, of course, he's like, I want to score in every way possible. And, and I just, you know, I don't let people get in on me. But if they happen to get in on me, then I'll go to it. And, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's... He's scary there. Yeah, he can say that, but, I mean, in that second match, it was, uh, I want to say, almost all counters for him. I mean, the, the deciding points were, was a Zahid attack, and Zahid went there one time, and it got stalemated, and he went right back there again, and Dake made some subtle adjustments and came around now, and, and got two more. And, do, you uh, say that's a, do you say that's a mistake? Did Zahid make a mistake? Zahid has the match, or has the lead late-ish, and Kyle Dake counters for 
the winning score. It's so easy to, to Monday morning quarterback and say, well, no, sure. that shot wasn't. I mean, yeah, you, it's, it's inarguable that that shot was a mistake, um, that particular one. Now, does that mean he shouldn't have shot any more? No, not necessarily. But, um, you know, anytime your head's inside on that guy or what, I mean, you're in his danger zone. And the collar and ankle worked for Zahid. That's how he got the leg attack takedown. And he continued to look for that, but wound up on a, on a single. And, yeah, that's right where, where Dake's so dangerous. So, I, yeah, you could say it's a mistake, but it's also, you know, it's Zahid getting to learn, right, and getting a feel for a guy. And it's – Well, you also you – know, it's also, you know – you dance with who brought you there and what, what brought Zahid there. What put him in that position was taking shots, right? Take scoring. So it's hard to, hard to leave there, take your foot off the gas when that's, that's what's... And, you know, if he hangs back, you, we see it all the time, Willie. It's, it's a really frustrating thing, especially in international wrestling, especially in freestyle. A guy has a lead and last 20, 30 seconds, maybe 40 seconds, they turn it off, and they end up, they wrestle, they wrestle dumb. They make, yeah. they make a mistake that they would normally not make because they're just wrestling outside of, like, their normal skill set, and they end up mm. screwing up or, or making a, a, a tactical blunder because they're just not being offensive. So you, you prefer to see guys continue to go after it, and that's what Zahid did, and I, I credit him. I mean, that it was like it. the wrestling just jumped off the the – Matt to me, just like how fast and precise and talented those guys were. It was, it was like no other match I saw that whole night. It was just, it just looked different from everything else I watched that entire evening. Well, there was an exchange early yes. second match. Yes, that those dudes were moving. There was shot, fake shot, a reattack. They were moving every freaking direction. And there was no point scored, but man, you knew that you could see the level of ability. You could see the level of fight in them. I mean, it was just jaw dropping. Yeah, and Bader and I said it on the call. It reminded us of the Mark Hall Zahid exchange that they had at NCAAs. It was so freaking crazy. Just like shot, shot, attack, attack, reattack. It was, it was an awesome two match series. Again, I wish it would have been able to go three just for the experience of it, right? But um, Dake gets on the team. Taylor gets on the team. I mean, Nick Arena, and I was, I was impressed with Nick Arena's uh, mindset. I mean, he wrestled David Taylor, but when you wrestle David Taylor, it often can go sideways in a hurry, and it, and it did for, for Nick. He got the first takedown. He hand-fought hard. He attacked a lot, and someone as diverse as David, it, it can get out of – if you're not on his level – you get picked apart pretty quick, and that's what happened with David and, and Nick Rena. And, 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 you know, Rena, and just getting to that point was a huge credit to him. I was glad to see Nick fight, you know. Um, it's, it would be easy to go out there and get balled up by David Taylor. But, I mean, he went out there looking to score, right? He, he had a couple um, opportunities. He was banging with them. That one, you know, it, it all kind of crumbled when – not crumbled, but when – He was when, when Renan had that rear standing, almost side standing, and David pulled the leg, um, that was kind of it. That was it. That was you know, that was a big opportunity. You know, Renan went for it, and uh, Taylor was just Taylor was ready all the way. It, it was cool to to see. 
I mean, David, David always wrestled with kind of a, a joy and energy about him, but he couldn't even, like, contain his happiness, like, before the match. Like, he was just so, I mean, the crowd was so freaking fired up for him. It was yeah. definitely the loudest it got in there when he, when he came out, and you could tell he was just so happy to be out there wrestling in front of that crowd again, and um, he, gave him, he gave him something to be excited about. Great crowd, great turnout at Penn State. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see... Um you know, the guys win in their home gyms. It was James, I think, James Green that did the Go Big Red thing. David Taylor does the We Are thing. Um, it's pretty cool to get to see them do that. And ultimately, that's what draws the, the people that is the hometown guys. So um, we're, we're, we nearly have our team set. And immediately mm-hmm. after Dake makes the team, the discussion becomes – which way does Zahid go next year? Which way does um, Dake go next year? And I, I believe um, Dake is going down 100%. I think he's going to you know, win a world medal this year, then make his way down to 74 to set him, like we've been saying, to set himself up for, for 2020. So I think we're going to see Burroughs, Dake, once again, they'll be teammates this year, but next year I think it's, it's back on because – Dake knows what it means to make the team and potentially medal in 2019, how that could set him up for 2020. Yeah. Um, sort of unfortunate. You know, it's, it's great that we have, it's great that we have as many weights as we do in non Olympic years, but the way this structure is um, like Kyle Dake only has one year, right? I mean, because, they just came out with 79 mm-hmm. and now he wrestles there a year and now he wants to go down so that it sets him up for 2020. So, uh, I just wish, you know, it's not going to happen, but I wish we had more, um, Olympic weights. So yeah, I agree that, uh, Dake will go down. I think Zahid will go up. Yeah. See, he's definitely go up. Um, the, here's the thing. The big misconception about Zahid is that he's big. He is not right. big. He basically, he barely cuts any weight for 74. So he's going to have to make a real concerted effort to get up to be 86 kilo guy. Yeah, I hear that all the time, especially with Penn State fans after he beat Hall this year. You know. no, Mark Hall is 100% heavier than Zahid Valencia. And they say, oh, yeah, they like two different weight classes. No, they're not, guys. Um, but, yeah, he's not making 63. No, no way. He's not making 63, um, but... Yeah, so Zahid, I think we'll see him go up. Will he go 84 next year is going to be the question. I think that he will. I think if he's got 2020 on his mind, he's got to start growing his body. And you can't do that making 74 for six months. So I think you see him go up. I think that's the most practical decision, even though it's going to be, it's going to be tough for him to get full size. That's a huge, I mean, 26-pound jump is so I mean, it's so stupid. Yeah, it is it's, stupid. I mean, and so a lot of decisions being made, right, for 2020 and preparations for 2020, even that affect uh, the NCAA landscape. Yeah, yeah, no question. So, um, and we'll, who knows with Jaden what he's going to do. I mean, I think he goes down. I think you have to, I mean, if you want to make the Olympic team, uh, I, I don't think you, I don't think you can go 97. Right, it's like it's not going to happen. 
I don't think he can go like well, yeah. I don't think he can go ninety seven. I don't think that's a smart move, but he he'll have to start he has to he'll have to shrink his body considerably because it was not good last time when he made eighty six. No, no it wasn't. I, I, I feel like to me I it's gonna stink when it's day of, right? That's gonna be t- he's he's going to have to completely after I mean I'm assuming he's gonna make the team this year I think he'll medal and then I think he's gotta like he has to decide like then and begin to make his way down if he's going down if he's going up then okay that'll be fine. I think he has to go up to be honest with you no I mean be a, unless be a mistake well then yeah then you're right then he has to start like now because he has to change his body yeah for for a for a two-hour weigh-in, a day of weigh-in or he at could, 86. Or he could do this if he really wants to see, okay, how do I stack up? 2019, go 97. See where you stack up. In my opinion, he will learn that the days of him competing with Kyle are over. Um, that's my opinion. Could be wrong. But that's what I think would happen. I think he would lose. And, um, you know, then, okay, 2019, that's not going to work. I gotta get down. I got a year to get down to eighty-nine. Yeah, perhaps. Ultimately, I think he goes up. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll we'll certainly see. Um, okay, so those the tweeners. Um, why don't well we gotta talk a little Iowa here? The Hawkeyes, Hawks on fire, as Willie was singing earlier. Hawks on fire. Strong Christian. desire. Um, so Jay Rent, we already that. had DeSanto, okay? Jay Rent commits uh, to Iowa last week sometime. And then late last night, Patrick Kennedy, the Minnesota hammer, um, who has long been linked to Iowa and has been said, I mean, even I talked to Coach Egum at the uh, um, duel at South Dakota State, and he was like, yeah, it's going to be. It's gonna be really tough to get him from Iowa. Like it was just basically known. Like he's probably gonna go there. Shoot, he's not even in ju- a junior, already mm-hmm. committed, locked in for the Hawks. Um, how big is this for Iowa recruiting, Willie? It's big. It's big in in terms of both um, actuality. Like he's gonna he's gonna pay dividends um, and perception because he was you know a guy. Uh, high on the on the big board for their class, and so uh, you know if the perception of other oh, locking in studs already, it's a no brainer for a guy like Patrick Kennedy who's ranked so high. Um, and I think you know he could be a sixty five seventy four. He has there's a little flexibility there. Um, so yeah, it, it's really big, and the, you know they have a lot of pieces in play already. You could almost sketch out a lineup for them for the foreseeable future. Uh, the way they're the way they're set up. Um, now Kennedy, he placed eighth at Akron, right? Which a lot of people would say, well, that's not how we saw that going. But um, remember, he, the weights were seventy one kilograms, eighty kilograms. He he's not an eighty kilogram guy right yeah. now, um, especially well, he, wrestles, he wrestles at seventy. Yeah, but on a day of weigh in. He he's he's a little bit smaller than that, um, so I, he's going to be fine. Is my point. He wrestles uh, 
you know, a lot of motion, high pace. His hand gonna, fight isn't outstanding. Yeah. I mean, he beat um, Trent Hidley this year. Um, mm-hmm. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, he's going to be a really good one. And, you know, with the you know, 33 was the whole last year for, for Iowa, and they went and they patched it with, with two guys, really. And I figure my, my assumption is they'll wrestle DeSanto this year. Yeah. And then redshirt J-Rent. And then maybe do a switch if they can do that. I don't know if J Rent can do it. Um, 33. They swap red shirts. DeSanto red shirts, and J Rent goes 33. And then Lugo graduates. Murin up, and then one of those slides into 41. Assuming that would be Jason Renneria. Now these are two guys that have already transferred from schools. Um, so you know you hope that they can stay on the path and and you know handle the red shirts and make the weight, et cetera. But um, really, Iowa is set up well for the next couple of years. Yeah, the most logical thing is that um, Murin ends up taking 49, right, when Lugo goes. Um, That's my thought. But the, the, the difficult part is, or maybe it's not difficult, I don't know, but having somebody make 33, because DeSanto has flirted, floated the idea of, he would like to be 41, and as we know, Jay Rent missed weight at 33. So I don't know, either get him under control weight-wise or um, – but that would be the perfect scenario. To, to right? me, they're both 33-pounders. So um, I think they're both 33-pounders. I, I think Jay Rent may be on the bigger side, but to me he's got the body to be a, a career 33 if he wanted to, but, the, I mean, just going to require – you know, coaches are going to have to work with him and, and – keep him disciplined but he can certainly do it um i think he'll be fine and man he he they both kind of fit that hawkeye mold they're really hard-nosed i mean DeSantos wrestles with an unreal pace um jay rent really good in the hand fight so i think it's a good fit and i think kennedy is a good fit as well yeah uh man they got <laughs> they got their lineup just about set i mean you know we all know how good jacob warner is going to be and he's Gonna be a true fr- a freshman this year, so yeah. they they got their air apparent at heavyweight. They're pretty much set, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting team next year. I can't wait. And then really, it's like uh, I don't see anyone touching Penn State next year. But the year after that, it could be on for Iowa. It could be that could be their real window to to get something done and get back on top. I that's that's where I think you know they're gonna Penn State's gonna lose Nolf. Neville's nickel, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be painful, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that's the year. That's the year that they lose Kemmer. Yep. Yep. So, um, oh. and Stolt. Kemmer's going to be a junior. So no. Kemmer's going to be a junior. So oh no, still so have Kemmer. Yeah. Yep. So that'll be, that'll be a team race then. Yeah, they'll lose Stoll, but they have. Cassiope coming in. Um, so, wanted to give update here. Arkansas Little Rock. A lot of people have been asking, what's the deal with that? I believe yeah. that Neil Arisman is going to get that job ultimately, and I think we'll find out for sure this week, but um, I think it's his job. I think he's going to be the guy there. Um, we all kind of assumed it would be someone with a cowboy tie, um, given you know how that program materialize and I think I think 
they had nothing but good options, in my opinion. So I really, whoever they went with wouldn't have surprised me. But I think it's going to be Neil, and uh, I think it's a really, really solid hire for them. Yeah, I like Neil. People that know Neil, um, you know, speak highly of him. Um, tight with the the Coleman Scotts of the world, and uh, and his wrestlers like him too. I think it's a perfect hire. Yep, great hire. Um, we'll see if that when that comes announced, but I think that's going to be ultimately what happens. Um, Willie, thoughts on? Do you, do you want to go to questions now, or do you want to get to uh, you know additional thoughts on on Final X or what? Well, we could do Final X unless you want to wait till it's all done. Let's and then, go. You want to talk about Final X right now? Yeah. Okay, so I. I love the fact that, um, first of all, the, the, the first two were awesome. I really enjoyed them. Uh, I think it's the proper thing to do to have the finals not on the um, not after somebody wrestles in a mini tournament. I think if you're going to do it that way, that, that's, that's the way to do it. Um, it gives time to promote. It's a level playing field, um, although I wasn't too hung up on it the other way but um um the the thing that uh keeps coming to me the feedback that i keep getting is everybody loves it with the exception of how many dates there there are and 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 this is coming from the wrestlers and and, i mean this is coming from the coaches mostly right because the wrestlers only have to wrestle one day the coaches have to prepare guys for different times they have to travel to multiple places. And so the feedback that I'm getting is love it. The only thing is we wish it would be two dates or one date. Um, and I, I think one date would be would, it's a problem. Uh, it's problematic because was it going to be 12 hours? Um, so uh, maybe, maybe one location on a Friday, Saturday or Saturday, Sunday – or maybe two different locations, but not three. Three, to them, it's too much. Now, ultimately, ultimately, it's the job of USA Wrestling is to determine the best team, is to get the best team. That's their A, number one priority. Um, and I think this system best accomplishes that. Uh, I think it also accomplishes growing the sport um, better than past... Uh, formats um so i think it's a win but the dates might be problematic is that was that what you how do you feel um i heard that from like two or so coaches um but i i think i think this is the way to go i mean it's my personal opinion but i really love that we can have world team trials finals at different locations i you know but i'm not feeling all the pain of the of the travel etc it's easy so it's easy for me to say yeah this is good um so i can't really i'm i'm not exactly empathizing properly with the plight of of other coaches and and what they have to go through but to me for the athletes it it makes sense i mean i i just don't understand the man they have to make weight three times in six weeks it's just that to me is like, so? I mean, you did that in college for, you know, six months. You did that. You especially, that. Now that especially now that guys aren't pulling that much. Yeah, or you should, or they, they shouldn't be. And if, 
if, if you can't make weight three times in, in six weeks, you're at the wrong weight um, is how I view it. So I think it's, it's great. It's um, only one more way in. It's one more. Yeah, it's one more way in. Um, and I'll tell you what, another another sort of complaint was like, well, what if, we, you know, some years you might have three guys in your club at three different locations. Uh, probably not. Because if you're going to have three and five legs, you're probably hosting it. Yeah. Uh, right? Or, or right. So um, I think that's a great, a great angle, too, is that when, when you have three different locations, um, it gives the opportunity to move around. And it, it gives the opportunity to bring wrestling to more places. It gives the opportunity for your program to be recognized if you should have numerous guys in the finals. Um, okay. So I think that's a good thing, not a bad thing. I also think, you know, people are talking about the, the attendance. The attendance was good, not great. Um, I think a lot of people around the country take, would, was taking a wait-and-see approach anyway. But um, for, the, for the people that say, well, if everybody – the thing I, I laugh at is people that say, if, hey, if everybody was in one location, man, I would be there. This is disappointing. If they were in one location, I would have been there. Wrong. You acted like there's no precedent. They used to all be in one location, and you didn't go. You didn't go. Why, why, are, you acting, why are you acting like this has never, that has never happened before? It happened every year. Every year. Every year. You weren't there. You weren't there. You're lying. Yeah. And you know what's it's, it's hilarious to me? It's like. How, how can we grow the sport? This is, this is like the all-time bad take, and it's kind of like your, theirs. It's like, you grow the sport, but I can't even see everyone wrestle. I don't even get to watch everyone wrestle. I'm like, in what other sport do you get to watch every single wrestler wrestle at one place? Like, it never happens. Like, the, what, the Pro Bowl? Are we talking about the NBA All-Star game? Like, he's one <laughs> all, it, do, yeah. it doesn't happen. There's, the NBA Finals has two teams. You don't get to watch yeah. James Harden in the NBA. It's, that's not how it works. So the idea that like I should see every good wrestler in one night, it's like one, stop lying. You weren't there the last couple of years, okay? Yeah. Two, in what other sport is that the idea? Three, we're it's expanding opportunity for people to watch it. So I yeah. thought, I think it's, it's great. expanding opportunities for people to come watch it. Expanding opportunities for. Local communities, uh, more more communities to, you know, get the get their community involved and and come out to, to watch it. And I'll tell you who loves it, the the women. Uh, yeah. The women flat out said, you know, um, I asked at a press conference, "Hey, girls, what do you think about the, what do you think about the process?" Like, I was a little nervous they would say we hate it, but they did. They said they loved it, and they said, you know, and. It, in not so many words, they said that they never got treated like that before. Yeah. Right. They never. They there was never the pomp and circumstance around um, women's wrestle before, and that's a great thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, let's get to some questions. We've got a Question. few thoughts on Miklas going back to Iowa. Going to be wrestling for Iowa State. Um, I think it's cool, man. I mean, if if you know the circumstances, not that he's transferring from Missouri, that I think that's particularly cool, but. His dad is, is, is ill and wants to be closer to family, and how could you um, fault him for that? I think it's awesome. I think Willie 
He's a great wrestler. I think it's a good fit for him at Iowa State. Colbray going down to 84 is really interesting to me. And I think it makes a lot of sense. He's like 40 minutes from home. So this is not, to me, a Missouri thing um, so much as a, oh, no. a Miklas going to back home, which is cool. Yeah, it's a great thing. You know, I like Sammy going down to 84 as well. I always thought he was a little small. Miklas, good for him, um, you know, getting to wrestle back in his home state. And uh, did he graduate, Christian? Is he going I, as a grad transfer? I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he has graduated. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, it's, yeah, it's well, on the topic of transfers, you know, this uh, it's going to be close to open season, I think, uh, here soon in terms of anyone can transfer. I, they say that the conference rules are still going to apply, but I feel like those are going to go by the wayside as well. I don't, I don't think – I don't think those conference rules are going to apply. I mean, it just didn't happen with Renteria two minutes ago. Two minutes I don't know. Ago. I, I I have a theory. I have nothing to base this on other than reading tea leaves. But they are passing around medicals like they're candy. They yeah. are allowing transfers like they're candy. Um, my theory is that the revenue sports – are saying, we want to be paid, we want to be paid, we want to be paid, this is oppressive, uh, right? And, and so the NCAA is like, you know what? At least let's let them transfer and do what they want so yeah. they don't complain, right? I, that's one theory anyway. Yeah. So I, I think it's cool. Um, picks for Coon versus Gwiz on Saturday. This could be a big one. I'm right. taking I'm taking Gwiz in what I think is going to be an entertaining, entertaining series. Um, I don't know. I think, I think Kuhn is a – I mean, Gwiz is a world medalist. I think Kuhn can win. Um, he's also trying to double dip. That's, that's my thing. This man, Adam Kuhn, he, he's crazy. He's going to do Greco the day before, fly from Tulsa – to Allentown, probably not a direct flight, if I had to guess. Although Michigan, they might hook it up and charter him something sweet. That, that's just like, it's not even the wrestling. If, if he was just, if it was in the same building like the U.S. Open, I'd be like, okay, I think he could yeah. do it. I mean, he did win the U.S. Open while doubling up in Greco. But like, for whatever reason, like the travel component has me like, man, I just don't see it. Even though I think in a vac, like all things being equal, I would pick Adam to win. But now... I, I'm not sure where I fall. I think I still actually lean Kuhn, perhaps stupidly enough, but um, Dude, I was, that, that's messing with me a little bit. I was, um, during the Miracle Velti series, Miracle wins the first one, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I sort of assumed Miracle was going to win the second one. So yeah. I was like, I was about to look, I was looking up, I'm like, who has made, who in America has made a cadet, a junior, and a senior team? I'm like, I know this, I mean, this would be, Miracle would be one of them. So I start looking it up, and Kuhn, Kuhn made a cadet world team in both styles same year, a junior world team in both styles same year. Imagine if he does it senior. I mean, that would be insane. Yeah, it would be... <laughs> It would be crazy. I mean, 
he's just, I, to me, he's just so far from Robbie that, like, it's, uh, I hate to say it, but I think it's a waste of his time right now. An inner, I think it's a waste of his energy, right? Like, save that, make a team instead of, like, setting yourself up. But maybe he just doesn't view that wrestling in both, like, is going to hurt him in freestyle. But I don't see how it couldn't. Somebody DM'd me and was like, you know how fans get. They're like, can't Flo do anything to push back his wrestle off or change one of the dates? I'm like, Flo? What are we? It's not our fault. But it does kind of beg the question like, I'll, I wonder if it crossed his mind or if he did ask for a uh, wrestle off at a later date. Yeah, Helen's going to get one, but that's because of injury. I don't think they're going to do it for, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to do it like that. Um, right. So, next question. Um, sorry, I had it here. Uh, DJ Jr., who's the next big time hammer to commit to the Hawks? PK, question mark? Yes, Patrick Kennedy. This guy nailed it. Nailed it. He must have he already known. Um has Brian well, who would Ruth, be the next one? Huh? Who would be the next one, though? I have no idea. Here's the thing. They don't need much. They don't, they don't really need anything. I think they need an 84. Maybe an 84. Yeah. I mean, Wilkie still has two more years. True. So they're not like threat level midnight, but they right. could use one. No, they're... Oh, uh, maybe a... Uh, I think a, like a 57... Yeah. Because Kemmer's yep. gone. Uh, well, it depends. Uh, depends what Nelson weighs. But, yeah. No way. Nelson's going to be like a 65. Okay. I think. You think I don't not? think he, I don't think he cut much. I mean, I, probably, I would guess he walks around a 70 maybe. I don't know. 70 as an 18-year-old doesn't sound like a 57 option. Right. So, yeah, they could use a 57. And, really, the, and the one that gets linked, the one that gets linked to him most recently is Brevin Balmaceda, the Super Thirty Two champ from Florida. So we'll see. What you think about that? It's good. Okay. Um, Brian Nunziato asks: Has go, going to Iowa become cool again? Was it not cool to go to Iowa? I don't. I don't know, Brian. I, I, when I read that, I was like, "Is that shade or is that serious?" That's um, Nunziato is. He's what? a cheeky, he's a cheeky fellow. Oh, I think it's always been cool. Um, yeah. So no, I don't think so. Um, I guess we can ask this one. Seems like PSU wrestlers and coaches offer very limited access to flow team, unlike Iowa, Okie State, Ohio State. Thoughts? Um, <laughs> that's, that's accurate. Um, yeah, I mean. What? Thoughts, that's why, uh, my thought is I wish that weren't the case, but I understand. And it's not what is, I guess, comforting to know is that it's not, and I'm sure it's not, we're not necessarily on Penn State's best side, but I don't, it's not unique to just flow that we don't have access, right? Like they don't give access to anyone, right? David Taylor has like a personal shooter guy that films his stuff, but like that guy can't shoot the wrestlers like RBY I think I think I'm telling the story right like RBY like wanted a, his picture taken and like they wouldn't let him do like us do that in the wrestling room so like yeah they're super 
protective, but they also are winning at nearly unseen levels. And if they think that that's a part of it, then why would you mess with it? You know, what's what's to gain? They're already the most popular, most viewed. Um, you know, they don't they don't need the media spotlight, and they don't see the value in it. So, um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's it's funny when people say we're biased. We're biased towards every school, right? People say we love Iowa, we hate Iowa. We're biased for Okie State, we're biased against Okie State. We're biased for Penn State. When they say we're biased for Penn State, I'm like, they don't even let us do anything. How can we be biased for them, right? <laughs> but that's, you know, that's their prerogative. That's They want to keep things in-house, at all times and you got to respect it. They're doing great things. And yeah, that's a situation. And that, there was Penn state people also fans every once in a while, you'll see it on a message board. I don't understand why they do a hundred docs on this person or that person or this school or that school, but they never do anything here. Well, read between the lines there guy. Yeah. You think it's like, you know, should we do something with the most popular fan base and the best team? Never no. crossed their mind. Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, we, you know, we'd love to. Uh, so maybe, maybe one day. Um, what does the flow team know about the later wrestle off for Helen? What reasons do you have? I heard more symptoms from the concussion, but not sure how true. I don't know the details. I certainly hope it's not concussion related because that would be highly concerning. Um, she had a bad one. Uh, a while back, and anytime you see like repeated, now would this be a, an additional concussion or just not recovered from the? I don't know, uh, but I don't have any details. When that hit my inbox yesterday, I had no idea that was even being discussed. Neither so, did I. Um, Neither did I. So, and yeah, when's it going to happen? You know, she's trains in New York, which is right down the road, it's an hour and a half from. Lehigh, it, it has to be relatively serious, right? I mean, because what is going to happen? They just announced Dayton Fix is going to uh, wrestle off at Fargo. I'm sure she wasn't looking forward to going to Fargo <laughs> to wrestle off. No, I, I wonder if, do you, I mean, that's like a month additional, right? Um, something like that. It's not a ton of extra time, really, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that'll be ample, ample uh, recovery time for her. I don't know. Um, okay, additional questions. Uh, any spots you wished you could have hit during the road trip? I mean, yeah. Um, I would have loved to. Well, one, we were going to go to the Spikeball headquarters. Um, we had it all set up. And for good reason we weren't able to go um bader is doing uh got to do an interview with mike DeRoe, um legendary coach at cornell college and then for the hawkeye wrestling club and he's been on coaching usa teams for years and years just one of the most respected guys in the sport and he um you know battling cancer right now and um so we were going to do it in the evening and it you know Coach DeRoe wasn't feeling well, so he did it in the morning. It kind of backed some things up, and, uh, you know, who cares, right, for, for that opportunity. And um, 
Bader getting to go and do that and us seeing Coach DeRoe again was, was awesome. So uh, it would have been cool to do that, but uh, getting to do that with Coach DeRoe is um, a lot more special and valuable. So glad we got to do that. You know, we drove through Chicago. We're right by it from Wisconsin to Columbus. Would have loved to hit up, uh, you know, Northwestern and those teams there. Uh, we drove through Indiana. We went by Purdue. Would have been cool to see those guys in um, Indiana. Um, I mean, there's a lot, right? I mean, there's so many freaking schools along the way. It's like, you know, someone, David Marble, is on Twitter complaining that we didn't go to Bucknell. It's like, shit. There's one van. We're going somewhere every single day. Like, do you like do the math, Marble? How how many schools did we not go to? I, I get, yeah, we were near Bucknell. We were near a lot of places, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry we didn't go to every Division One school possible. But um, we're trying to make the most of this trip, and I guess some people are always gonna complain regardless. We'd love to go to Bucknell. They've got a great facility there. It's nothing. No one's anti-Bucknell. Um, just just didn't work out. Um, so no, those, those are the places. Willie didn't even go, the bum. I didn't go. Uh, I'm trying to settle in here in Pennsylvania. Also, give me a break. Also, settle in. You live there. You guys were. What are you settling in? What are you settling right now? Man, I still ain't settled. You know how many trips I've been on since I got here? What was I home a month? I went to Akron, Cornell, Lincoln, Yada yada yada. You got the last thing I needed to live out of a suitcase in a van. I mean, listen, I stayed one night in State College. Oh my gosh! Nomad steals the couch. Guys are up till two in the morning. I wake up. Nomad sleeping under the kitchen table. Nomad sleeping under the kitchen. I'll tell you why he's sleeping under the kitchen table. This is this is Nomad's lunacy. This is how Nomad operates. Nomad, what are you sleeping under the kitchen table for? It gets bright too early in Pennsylvania. The sun comes out at 5.30 a.m. So you sleep under the table? Yeah, it blocks the light. It's not even blocked. You well, that's not even, that's not even the whole story. Because it begs the question, why aren't you sleeping on your bed? He has a bed in this yeah. Airbnb. He has a bed. Uh, there, my stuff's on it. What? Did you, did you spill a tub of barbecue sauce in there that you can't clean up? <laughs> just, just throw your clothes off of it. And then just lay down there, and you'll be completely fine. Yeah. But he, in his Do you mind, not know how this works? In his mind, rent, it was too much trouble to go What if you rent a upstairs. hotel room? You rent a hotel room, you put your suitcase on the bed, and then what? Go sleep in a park bench? What do you <laughs> Take your stuff off of it. So he, he, goes, he goes from, well, I can't sleep on my bed because I have items on it, so I'll go sleep on the couch with Willie for a little bit. Then I'll sleep under the table, under a table. A kitchen table. Just to avoid the sun. I, he needs a life coach. Yeah, he needs a life coach. It ain't me, though. I'd be too frustrated with him. Oh, I ain't um, doing it. So, no, that was uh, – no, man, the trip was so awesome. And uh, I want to wait till the, till the boys are, are all back and to really tell all the, all the stories and all that stuff because it was, it was a Well, great... one thing for sure, trip of the lifetime for Caleb, huh? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it was so freak. I mean, you know, I, I was a little nervous to bring him just because, <laughs> I mean. Uh, locker room talk? Locker room talk. Basi- basically only that. Like, the guys are awesome. I mean, so it was Bader, Spay, 
Nomad, me, Joe Kenya, Kyle Brackey, Nick Veliket. They're they're awesome guys, but they're they're grown men, they're adults, and they you know, they're they're a little different from me, and they don't have kids or anything other than Vader, and so you know, it it was like all right, I'm kind of rolling the dice here. I've I lived a rather sheltered life as a as a kid, and I you know I'm trying to protect my son, uh, but I was like, man, forget it. Who cares? Like, he's I, I should be able to teach him you know how to live and. And, and be and you know he understands what appropriate language is because the lessons he got from this and the, the exper I guess experience more than anything was so freaking cool I mean um, you know th these names you know not only were the wrestlers just so you know that he got to meet all these guys it wasn't just like a handshake and a picture it's like these guys were so awesome to Caleb. I mean, it was, and I'll, I'll go through the list of just all the people that he got to meet and was so excited and fired up and really took time with him. Jordan Burroughs, James Green, Dayton Fix, Gilman, Derek Fix was, was awesome with him, the, the Perry brothers. Snyder and, uh, Brian Snyder and Eric Montoya, just kind of unprompted, you know, he wore his wrestling shoes basically the entire trip. They were just showing him stuff, right? And like, you know, he's not, he started in March. He's obviously not very good at it, barely even knows but a few moves. And they're working with him just out of the goodness of their heart. You know, we went to Iowa and Alex Marinelli and Alex Meyer are like working with him on a dummy and like sparring around with him. I'm like, man, he is getting these amazing experiences. He got to go to Dan Gable's house, right? And and get shown around his medals and uh, meet John Smith and Tom Brands, who was one guy he was really uh, fired up to meet. He's at Penn State with my parents and Yanni comes up to him, who he's never met and like gives him a pound. It was like, man, I can't believe. Um, Mark, Hall, Mark Hall said, oh yeah, I know you from Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Hall said that. You know, we go to Wisconsin and you know, that was, that was probably my favorite leg of the road trip, going up there with Bonarier. We got to do so much there, and we'll talk about the Barry Alvarez stuff. But, you know, we, we leave Caleb and, and Reader. They have camp going on, and Reader takes him to camp. And Bono takes us on a tour, and, you know, Caleb gets to go to, go to a wrestling camp. And Caleb Miracle and Forrest Molinari are, like, hanging out with him and working with him on the ropes and stuff. And it, it was just like, man, he was so fired up and, and excited about it. And... and it, it kind of reminded me, and he said this, and it's funny because it, it, it's not really a logical thing to say, but he's like, I want to be the best wrestler in the world. And, you know, it's like, okay. And, and you, you don't obviously, like, crush his dreams or talk to him about genetics or anything like that. But it's like, I, I was excited that he was so fired up for wrestling because I, I just went on this 10-day road trip through wrestling country and met, uh, and he got to meet all these amazing wrestlers, right? And... It's like, these are, and it reminds me why I love wrestling so much. It's like, the, the people around it are so freaking special and incredible. And the way they treated him, it's like, man, I'm so excited that, I, that he got to go on this trip and meet these people. And that he's seeing like how, how the best in the world represent themselves and how they treat people. And that he would want to be a wrestler and be around the sport is like, the coolest thing to me. And I've never wished for him to be some uh, amazing, accomplished wrestler, and, and that will be his 
decision to make ultimately, but the fact that he wants to be around the sport and what that can mean for his life is what um, I was so, so excited about. And, you know, he made a friend with, with Joe Russell's son, Taft. You know, yeah. they're, they're buddies immediately. The Russell family takes him swimming. It was the coolest thing for him at that time. You know, David Taylor coming up and, and saying hey to him. Kale Sanderson talking to him. You know, Kale, Kale and I don't, don't really talk that much, but Kale was um, so cool with, with Caleb and, you know, Pendleton and Askren and Esposito. And it, it was just, it was, a, it was a really, really cool trip. And for me, I was, um, I left very thankful and that I get to do this job and get to expose him to these kind of things because it was, it was just freaking awesome. Yeah, and you you know, you have never pushed wrestling on him. Um, no. Although you know you put it in front of him often. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, you're watching it uh, on your laptop, or you know, we're watching a duel together or something. And, um, so it was one thing for me. I knew he's going to meet all these people, but seeing him like become so passionate about the sport uh, was the one thing that got me. That was like, got me jazzed up. It's like, he loves it. Right. It was cool. He loves just kind of organically. It was great. Uh, Jaggers, Travell, they were great with him too. I mean, it was just awesome trip. I mean, there's so, I mean, I should, I wish I, I tried to keep a log of everyone he met and got to talk to and stuff like that, but it, it got, it got tough. But I think that's, close to everyone you just look at you look at the accolades of these guys it's it's crazy how much success he was around and I don't know it was just awesome I was really really fired up even though it was a long time for him to be away from his mom and he was a champ the whole time so uh that's hey unless you got anything else we could probably depart here young Willie no nope, I'm good um music. rankings the most difficult rankings of the year are the ones where you remove the seniors and 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 you put in, you know, this high school I'm talking about, and uh, you redo them. I finally got them done last night, um, like 2.30 in the morning I finished them. So just a little tightening up. They'll be posted either, you know, we'll run them tomorrow morning. Um, so I'll be looking for them. We will be looking for them. Any um, big boards or prospect or anything like that coming up anytime soon? I think I'm going to do the uh, – the sophomores relatively soon. I'm looking forward to doing uh, the sophomore and freshman. I'll tell you, the freshman, the freshman class is awesome. Is it? Yeah, the freshman clusters, and and the number of guys that are the number of freshmen that are ranked, like basically they're in eighth grade right now. Yeah, there's so many good ones. That's crazy. There's so many good ones. Uh, I don't think there's. I don't think it's possible that I've ever ranked this many freshmen wow. this early. So, you know, it's always cyclical. I, I think the depth of the past couple classes has been um, a little down. But the class in 2021, 2020 and 2021 is good. Really good. Awesome. Well, we'll be back Thursday. Can you commit to Thursday, Willie Saylor? Sure thing. Okay, we'll be back Thursday. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hey, when are you flying in here, though? Friday. Okay, cool. I'm not coming Friday. I won't be there for the press conference or anything, but uh, 
I'll be there for showtime. Don't you worry. You take care of the boys. We'll be back Thursday, right, episode man. 297. Thank you to ASICS for your sponsorship of Flow Wrestling Radio. I thank you for listening. Stay tuned to Flow, uh, and we'll see you next time. See you guys.